Hello, this is the Daily Tech, and today is World Tech News with you. Uh, definitely, it might not be a shorter one, but there's less articles that are longer, so that's always nice. I do like a bit of a longer article, a bit of a short, a uh, bit of a less articles but longer. Yeah, I just prefer that. It's much nicer. Anyway, so firstly, of course, starting with the Google event. I mean, obviously, I'll be starting with this. Um, normally, I'll, I'll either cover the most interesting news or the ones that are most relevant. Generally, it'll be probably the most interesting news. Uh, but of course, I do like to do the relevant news as well, obviously, because uh, it's relevant. So, Google announced four new additions to its brand hardware line, including two new Pixel smartphones, uh, a new Chromecast, and a new Nest Audio smart speaker. Also uh, announced during the live stream event, the Pixel 5 replace is the Google uh, the Pixel 4 for cheaper, simplified design, uh, ditching the facial recognition system uh, for the older fingerprint scanner mounted on the back of the device. So I guess we're starting with the new uh, phone. So of course it has a 6 inch uh, 90 hertz OLED screen, really nice display I'd say then. Uh, 6 inches I think is a really good size for a phone, uh, not too big, not too small. I mean obviously some people have different preferences, some people like the smaller phones, some people like the bigger ones. Personally I think 6 inches uh, in a kind of all screen format is quite nice. 90 hertz as well of course it's not 120 hertz but again uh, 90 hertz is still a nice upgrade, that's an extra 30 uh, frames per second, which is really quite nice. Also, OLED screen, that's great, uh, definitely nice to see that. Uh, so differing uh, from the top rival specs, uh, top spec rivals, the Pixel 5 has a Qualcomm Snapdragon 765G, which is a mid-range processor other than the Snapdragon 865 using the latest Samsung or OnePlus phone. I think they decided to go with this to save on a bit of the price, and the 765G isn't even that bad. Uh, of course, a bit, bit less powerful than the 865, uh, but I think the 765G is kind of perfect for this kind of phone. 8GB uh, of RAM and 128GB of storage, uh, that's really good. I don't know what to comment on there. 8 gigs of RAM though, definitely interesting. I mean, I compare this a lot, but like the iPhone, the iPhone 12 Pro might only have six gigs, and of course you got these 28 gigs. Of course, iOS I think does optimize it quite well, but still. Uh, and of course, on 28 gigs of storage, there might be an upgradable thing, but I'm not too sure. Uh, with wireless charging, water resistance, and uh, 5G support, which is really nice to see. Uh, the phone's case is made out of 100% recycled aluminium and costs £599 in the UK or $699 US dollars uh, in the US for on the 15th and it ships on the 15th of October. I really, for some reason, not being able to talk. Also, a bit of a shorter bit here. Uh, the Pixel 4a 5G is a larger 5G-enabled version of the excellent mid-range smartphone. Uh, so. It's got a bigger 6.2 inch screen, larger battery, same two cameras on the back, and the same Snapdragon 6, uh, 765G uh, as the Pixel 5, but the same plastic body and smaller as a smaller, cheaper sibling. Uh, definitely interested what they decided to do with this Pixel um, 4A, to be honest, 4A 5G. It's kind of, in a way, it's different compared. It's weird. I thought they would have just put a 5G element into the phone instead of really like upgrading all of this. It's bigger. Things like that, but still, it's definitely interesting. And it costs, it comes in at a quite hefty price, not too bad, don't get me wrong, but pretty uh, expensive at 499 uh, UK pounds um, or 499 US dollars. And that'll be shipping on the 19th of November, uh, so a bit longer to wait there. To be fair, I would probably, I don't know, what would you go for? Like the 
Uh, if anyone's actually watching this, I feel like you could have got this far. Uh, comment below saying if you'd rather get the Pixel 4a 5G or the Pixel 5. Because it's really... Uh, I guess really all you're losing is the nicer design and the um, the wireless charging and probably water resistance as well. Which I think for some people isn't too much of a compromise. But maybe at £100 less, maybe that's not enough. Maybe it needs to be a bit less than that. But it really does depend. I think they did alright with us. Uh, next, okay, so uh, Chromecast with Google TV. Uh, so Google also launched a new version of its Chromecast Media Streaming Stick. Uh, it is a bit different to its popular uh, predecessors. It still works as a Chromecast receiver, so it obviously means you can cast photos, audio and video from a phone. Uh, but it also has a new smart TV experience called Google TV. Oh, they've actually got a remote now. I just actually looked in the picture. I probably should have done that to begin with, does it? Sure, yeah. So, um... It's nice because normally Chromecast I don't think have a remote and I think it's nice that they got a remote now Obviously because people obviously want to use it as a smart TV uh, So it's at 50 oh wow that's actually a decent price uh, So the new 59 uh, 59.99 uh, pound, UK pound uh, Chromecast with Google TV is slightly faster than the HDMI uh, dongle And it is made of 49% recycled plastic uh, which is really nice. Of course, I do. I do. Sometimes I skip over this. I think, but I really like it when these companies are choosing to go with um, recycled stuff. Um, obviously, it's really good for the environment, or it's better for the environment. I can't imagine it's good for it, but uh, it's getting better, and I can, it's, We can definitely see that, and I think that's really good. Obviously, uh, trying to uh, make it more recyclable, uh, more recy made out of stuff, and reusing stuff is really good, and definitely needs to be done more. And hopefully they can start making this 100% recycled. Uh, but of course, it now comes with a remote and full smart TV interface. Uh, there's a modernised version of uh, that's seen on Android TVs, including Sony's TV and Nvidia Shield streaming box. Uh, the dongle supports the latest TV formats, including 4K HDR, uh, Dolby Vision. Uh, the remote has a Google Assistant button, obviously, uh, because obviously they're going to try and get the Google Assistant in here. Uh, obviously for voice control as well, so if you already have a Google Smart Speaker, things like that, then obviously you're going to go with this. Uh, it will also, it will not have Google Stadia's uh, game streaming service on launch, uh, but it does support Netflix, Amazon Prime, Video, uh, Disney Plus, and most of the UK's catch-up uh, services. I think this is like, yeah, this is The Guardian, so it's quite British, I believe. Uh, except all for, uh, and will ship in mid-October. In the US, though, it will cost $49.99, which I think is a really good price. I mean, yes, is it a bit expensive, obviously. Uh, for It is just a TV dongle. I mean, it's a decent price, obviously. But, I mean, for what you're guessing here, the remote looks quite, fairly decent as well. I think for what you're guessing, you're actually getting a decent device. Obviously, you're getting full smart TV capability, you're getting the Google Assistant, and you're still getting the Chromecast where you can share stuff to it, which I think is really good. Um, obviously, uh, I think that's really good, to be honest. And at that price, I think it's decent as well. And finally, um, obviously, Google Nest Audio. Uh, so the Nest Audio is Google's replacement for the original home smart speaker. Oh, do you want to know what's really cool, actually? Um, so, obviously, my first video, I actually talked about this. I mean, that was, like, what, 60 days ago? No, it would have been, like, this is the 64th episode, I believe, so... Yeah, like 64 days ago. I think it was longer than that because I pre-recorded that episode. I remember it was really bad. Like, don't watch it. But, I mean, obviously, 
even 60 days ago, we knew quite a lot about this. And I mean, from just this image that I'm seeing, it looks fairly similar to the leaks that we saw. Uh, so the new Google Assistant speaker looks more like a smaller version of the uh, Google's Home Max. Uh, with a full fabric covered body. I'm sure I didn't call us thinking about uh, the Nest, like just the Google Nest or like the Google Home Nest, something like that. But Google Nest Audio is alright, I guess. Uh, so it's got hidden LEDs on the front and a touch sensitive top for volume and playback control. Uh, so the new Wi-Fi speaker is 75% louder for 50% more powerful bass than its predecessor. A 19mm tweeter and a 75mm woofer. It has automatic equaliser and smart ambient IQ feature that adjusts the volume of the voice, uh, news, podcasts and audio books based on background noise, which is really nice. Uh, I actually have a smart speaker as well, it's still a Google one. And obviously I use a decent bit and it's really annoying when I have to keep on changing the volume adjusting it so because of the environment around me if it's a bit louder I have to turn it up things like that so it's really nice that this can do it like that as well uh, automatically uh, so two Nest audio speakers that can be used as a stereo pair as it has uh, Google's local, local AI chip for faster and more private voice recognition and it comes in at an alright price to be honest uh, you get uh, so for the UK it costs £89.99 and in the US it costs £99.99 Did I say £99.99 for the UK? £89.99 in case I didn't say that And uh, which is really good, uh, made of 70, 70% recycled plastic And comes in white or charcoal and ships on the 15th of October 70% recycled plastic though, getting better, I mean hopefully one day we'll see 100% uh, quite often Anyway, yeah, so really good these new devices I think probably actually for me one of the most exciting ones is actually probably that uh, TV dongle. I think it's just really nice. I really like the Chromecast bit. Not having a remote was going to be a bit of a weird thing. Also, it does have YouTube. I don't think I mentioned that. I mean, should be fairly obvious that it has YouTube. I'm going to be honest, but still, I'm just saying that anyway. Actually, looking at that remote, though, I don't think I talked about that too much. Uh, so looking at the remote, obviously, I don't know how you describe it. It's like get a sphere cut it in half and like weird like sphere the edges i don't know it's really weird it looks like it has a spin wheel at the top of the button i think that'll probably spin i don't think it's touch capacitive i'm not too sure though uh you have a google assistant button which is um black which is a different color from the rest of the remote so it stands out um it looks like it has a back button to the left of that and then below that back button there's a home button uh so the under the google assistant button though there's a mute button then there's a youtube and netflix button and i can't see really what the other two are also i don't know what's on the back of it to be honest it looks like there's two things down there could be buttons but i think it's probably just like a battery slot probably anyway could be charging. I wonder if this remote takes battery or charges. Probably takes batteries. Anyway, yeah, so uh, definitely quite interesting there. It's quite nice. So uh, next, though, uh, the Samsung Galaxy M11 is coming to the UK uh, for massive battery and a tiny price. That is definitely what we like to see. Uh, so I think I've talked about the M11, M11 before, but anyway, so Samsung only just released the uh, Galaxy S20 Fan Edition. Uh, but it's already uh, back with a new phone, or at least one that's new to the UK. Uh, I think the M11 has been around for a decent while now. And it should be launching uh, in the UK uh, sometime in early October. Uh, so the M11 has been available in India for a while, but this wider launch uh, may have been worth waiting for. As in phone includes... Whoa, whoa, whoa. 
It includes a big 5,000 milliamp hour battery for just a, with 15 watts fast charging. Can I point out? So I mean, that's not great, but it's still good. Uh, for 149 UK pounds, which is 190 US dollars and 265 Australian dollars. Uh, so obviously, 149 pounds is really good, actually. Of course, such a big battery isn't uh, unheard of in a cheap phone. You've got the Moto G8 Power Lite uh, that has a juice pack of the same size and with a nearly identical price tag. But of course, those aren't the only selling points of the M11, obviously. I think something that people like is just Samsung branded. Some people like that. Uh, so, the phone has triple lens camera, which is nice. 13 megapixel main, uh, 5 megapixel ultra wide, and a 2 megapixel depth sensor, which is really nice to see a depth sensor as well especially on these budget phones, plus an 8 megapixel camera on the front. Uh, so it should look alright, not the best camera ever, but still decent, I mean at this price again. Now I think this is where they definitely cut down slightly. There's a 6.4 inch 720x1560 screen. Yeah, that's definitely where they cut down on, they couldn't get a 1080p screen, which is a shame. Obviously 720p shouldn't look too bad, especially on a phone. I think 1080p is more better when it's on like a bigger screen. Uh, but still a bit of a shame, but I guess expected. It has Dolby Atmos audio though, uh, and a fingerprint scanner on the back, and face unlock, of course that's Android stuff, I don't think it's the most secure thing ever. Uh, 3 gigs of RAM though, and a low end ooh, and a low end Snapdragon 450. Uh, I actually haven't heard of that before, I probably should have, but anyway, so 450 from the sound of things is quite underpowered I'd imagine. Uh, but I don't imagine the phone would be slow either, like, it, they would have optimised it. And it just has 32 gigs of storage, but there is a microSD uh, card slot, which is nice. And obviously, uh, it is made out of plastic and has a reasonably modern design, though. It's a hole-punch camera and hardly any bezel at all, apart from at the bottom. I think if we go to this image here, assuming this is the M11, uh, there is a decent bit of chin, but I mean, not too bad. I think the phone looks quite nice, especially in that kind of darker colour. Uh, so, well, uh, so it's not clear whether the M11 will arrive in other regions, but if you're in the UK, you want a big battery on a budget, and it could be worth looking into. Like, if you just need a phone, really, to uh, watch things on, or just a phone that needs to last a while, this could be really good. Uh, next, Huawei failed to improve UK security standards. Uh, so, uh, it's also, Huawei has failed to adequately tackle security flaws in equipment used in the UK telecoms networks. Uh, despite previous complaints, an official report says. Uh, so it's also flagged a vulnerability of national uh, significance, uh, as occurred in 2019, uh, but it was fixed. Uh, the assessment was given by the Oversight Board, chaired by a member of the Cyber Spy Agency, uh, GCHQ. Uh, it could influence other nations weighing up the use of Huawei's kit. Obviously, again, Huawei is just not doing well. Um, obviously, because of all the stuff going on with them, I don't think I'm going to go into it again. Uh, so, and it added while some improvements had been made, it had no confidence that they were sustainable. Uh, as a result, it concluded the board uh, could only provide limited assurance that all rest of the UK national security uh, could be uh, mitigated in the long term. Uh, so, in July, the government announced that due to uh, US sanctions, Huawei uh, would eventually be excluded from the new 5G telecoms uh, network by 2027. Um, gosh, we're it to that year. Uh, but the Chinese company can continue to play a role in older mobile phone networks and fix broadband, so they're not losing everything. Uh, the US has argued that using Huawei's equipment creates a risk. 
uh, mainly to do with the Chinese uh, state carrying out espionage or sabotage. Uh, but of course the company, as they would, always deny. Um, obviously, despite the criticisms, uh, British security officials say that they can manage uh, the current risks posed by using Huawei's existing kit and do not believe the defects they found are a result of Chinese state interference, which is nice. Uh, Huawei has responded saying uh, any commitment to the openness and transparency. Uh, the report acknowledges that while our software transmission, uh, transformation process is in its infancy, uh, we've made some progress with improving software engineering capabilities, a spokesperson said. Although the company has limited prospects in the UK, it's still hoping to sell its 5G kits to other parts of the UK, <coughs> other parts of Europe even. Uh, earlier this week, the chief of its Italian business suggested that the other countries could carry out a detailed inspection of their own uh, to help overcome security concerns. They said they would open, I actually talked about this, they said they would open up their insight to show that it wasn't a risk. Uh, yeah. So, Huawei equipment has been used in the UK for a decade and a half though, so since 2010, a special Huawei Cyber Security Evaluation Centre, um, based in Banbury, has tasked with checking its telecoms infrastructure products. Uh, an oversight board then examines the work of HCSEC, uh, which is obviously that, and reports to the UK's National Security Advisor annually, although the latest report covering 2019 was delayed because of the coronavirus pandemic as been going around. Uh, so, uh, the report adds the amount of vulnerabilities found uh, reported in 2019 were significantly beyond the number found in 2018, but it is partly due to increasing effectiveness of checks rather than overall decline in standards. Uh, but it highlights around the vulnerability of national significance, which require extraordinary measures to fix. Uh, so the BBC has learned that this was related to broadband, but officials do not uh, believe anyone exploited the flaw. Uh, this is by the BBC who are writing this. Uh, so those sanctions technically uh, affect HCSEC itself, since it's part of Huawei, and will require change in its organisational structure. Uh, Huawei is currently building an alternative supply chain for crucial technology affected by its sanctions. Uh, so the report comes a day after N NCSC's uh, ex-chief explained why the UK had to be a lot of the risks using Huawei's kit in unusually plain language. Uh, we have to plan on the basis that at some point uh, Huawei could be made uh, subservient to optionally op alternatively something like that uh, to the Chinese state. Uh, so. Saran uh, Martin told a committee of the MPs, uh, "You have always, you have, you always have to have in mind a scenario where every bit of involvement of Huawei has turned against the UK." Um, yeah, so that's not great. Uh, Huawei are literally losing everything, so definitely not going well for Huawei, as I've said a lot. Uh, AMD to launch Ryzen 5000 processors in late October, uh, Radeon RX 6000 in mid-November. Uh, so, as per uh, Yuri uh, Bubbly, that probably was said wrong, uh, the creator of CTR and DRAM calculator for Ryzen, uh, AMD is scheduling the launch of the Ryzen 5000 processors for October the 20th, uh, just 12 days after our official announcement. Uh, the first processors to launch will be the Ryzen 7 5800X and the Ryzen 9 5900X, uh, while the Ryzen 5 5600X and the Ryzen 9 uh, 5950X will come at a later date. Additionally, Yuri stated that despite these 
uh, dates being old information, AMD's plan hasn't changed. Uh, so computer based source received information that AMD is scheduled uh, the release of their upcoming Ryzen 5000 processors for October the 20th or 27th. Uh, AMD skipping the Ryzen 4000 series and uh, AMD seems getting more likely uh, by each day. Uh, Yuri also claimed that the Radeon RX 6000 series of graphics card come, come out in mid-November between the 15th and 20th, a couple weeks after the uh, AMD GPU event of the 28th. Uh, so yeah, it's a bit weird though how they're skipping the 4000. I mean, I don't know because you get this right you get this 4000 series in laptops, but I mean if they consume more consumer. Uh, PC based, you're not really seeing it. It's weird how they'll skip that, but could be a reason. Maybe they won't. Who knows? Uh, so, Google TV again uh, coming to uh, TVs from Sony and others in 2021. Uh, so, today Google launched a Chromecast uh, with Google TV. It is an Android TV device uh, with a skin uh, called Google TV on top, uh, much like Android phones uh, with custom skins. Uh, the Google TV user interface uh, experience will come with TVs currently uh, running pure Android TV. Uh, today, uh, Android uh, TV home screen looks identical across all devices, including TVs from Sony, Philips, and TCL, uh, as well as media players like Nvidia Shield. Uh, so Google only mentioned Sony by name, but it makes it clear that Google TV uh, to, it will come to other partners. We hear that Philips is planning to host an event early in 2021 or it'll host its future plans for Android TV. Uh, yeah, so actually looking at this image here, assuming this is um, whatever I think it is. It's weird that you've got YouTube and YouTube TV, I just thought I'd point that out. And I assume that is Google, yeah, it is Google TV. Uh, it looks quite nice. Um, the company added that there are more than 6,500 apps built for Android TV OS, uh, so that's actually quite a lot, to access your fi uh, favorites across gaming, fitness, education, more music, and more. Uh, Google Stadia, the cloud gaming service, will launch on Chromecast with Google TV uh, in the first half of 2021 and will be expected to be available on Google TV and Android TV devices too. Uh, lastly, the company said that Google Play Movies and TV app for Android mobile devices will be rebranded to Google TV with a nice new design, uh, which is quite nice, just a smaller one there. Right, okay, more launches. Um, should we go through this? Yeah. So, uh, Microsoft has launched a cheaper version of its popular notebook, uh, Windows 10 PC, uh, the Surface Laptop Go, along with a faster Surface Pro X tablet. Uh, so yeah, I think I talked about this yesterday or the day before, so yeah. Uh, announced via blog post rather than press event because of the pandemic, uh, the Surface Laptop Go is a smaller, lighter and lower cost version of the excellent Surface Laptop 3, Turn down my brightness uh, and seeks to offer the same premium Windows 10 experience, uh, but starting at just over the cost of £549.99 uh, in the UK and the same price but in US dollars, in obviously in the US. Uh, so, Laptop Go has a smaller 12.4 inch touchscreen, but otherwise, uh, looks like the Laptop 3, including a blue sandstone or platinum coloured uh, metal finish, which is really nice. It has the same full sized uh, keyboard and um, large precision trackpad, so not skimming out on those, I mean, yeah. So the laptop goes, uh, uh, no, so Intel's 10th generation Core i5 processor, uh, 5 or 4 or 8 gigs of RAM, and a choice of storage options, as well as a 13 hour battery life, which is quite nice, and fast charging. It has the same port selection as its larger sibling, including one USB-C port, uh, one traditional USB-A port, and a headphone socket, and Surface Connect socket for power and connectivity. 
Uh, the Laptop Go also supports the latest Wi-Fi 6 standard and Bluetooth 5. Uh, also, it's lack, uh, yeah, it lacks a Windows Hello face recognition camera, but instead of a fingerprint sensor built onto the home button like I said about yesterday. Uh, alongside the Laptop Go, Microsoft also unveiled its ARM-based Surface Pro X laptop in 2019. Uh, so the updated convertible PC games are faster, a uh, new faster Microsoft SQ2 custom processor and comes in a new platinum colour co uh, costing at £1,549 uh, in the UK and £1,499 uh, US dollars. Uh, Microsoft also said it was fixing one of the shortcomings of, of the new ARM-based systems rather than those based on traditional Intel PC chips uh, by supporting a much wider uh, range of w traditional Windows apps through uh, x64 emulation so I see that means that you have to play more on it. And finally, uh, a couple of months ago, uh, oh no, so overheating LG OLED TV uh, concerns spread to Europe and China. So a couple of months ago, news emerged that LG was undertaking a program of free repairs to about 60,000, which is quite a lot, uh, of its OLED TVs to present a, a potential overheating problem that could cause... Um, the affected TVs start smoking and run hot, so real panels might be capable of burning, uh, causing burning or scalding injuries. Uh, though back then it appeared to be limited to South Korea, with LG telling South Korean's uh, Yonhap uh, news agency that TVs sold overseas are not subject to the repairs. It now seems uh, though, that the potential floor is becoming an issue in other territories, which is not good. Uh, this is especially uh, the case in China, where the State Administration for Market Regulation, uh, SAMR, uh, an effective product administration centre, has ordered uh, a recall of the 13 uh, LG OLED TV models sold between 2016 and 2019. Uh, so the recall impacts an estimated 9,434 sets with the following model numbers. Uh, so OLED 65C7, OLED 65E7, OLED 65W7, uh, OLED 65E6, OLED 65G6, OLED 77G6, uh, OLED 77W7, OLED 77W8, uh, OLED 65W8, OLED 65W9, OLED 77C8, OLED 77W9, and OLED 77C9A. So if you have any of those and you're in a certain area like that, uh, then do make sure to sort that out. Uh, so according to the Chinese IT news website, uh, Fono, uh, from the overheating issues caused by a flaw in the power board element designed to eliminate interference from impurities in the power supply, uh, causing the current in the power supply to increase to excessive levels. Uh, the repair presumably involves the same power board uh, replacement that the 18 affected South Korean LG OLED models had to receive. Of course, it's not clear whether any of these listed Chinese sets have actually suffered yet, or are simply just based on what's happening in South Korea. Uh, but SAMR's action certainly suggests it isn't prepared to take chances, obviously, like they wouldn't want to. Uh, so, yeah, definitely not great. There's not really much to talk about there. Actually, is this. Okay, that's just saying, Carl's saying. But yeah, so definitely uh, not great for you, LG OLED TVs, but hopefully uh, they're sorted out. Yeah, so that's definitely an issue for some. I feel like it shouldn't affect too many people. Oh, uh, yeah, so not great there. Anyways, I hope you did enjoy today's episode though. Um, if you're on YouTube, then make sure to subscribe and hit bell notifications. This is literally just because then you see all the latest tech news by me and be notified about it. Uh, 
obviously it's daily so daily tech news very good uh, and then if you're on anything like anchor apple podcast spotify uh, anything like that then uh, make sure to click, click a follow or heart button that's what we should there should be something like that anyways have a good day